Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. I'm Ryan Bonaparte. And we're back with you following Purdue's dominant victory over the Minnesota Golden Gophers, 61-39. to Clamps. Uh, yeah, just an incredible uh, defensive showing by the Boilermakers. Uh, Minnesota, of course, not a great basketball team, but still, 39 points, uh, pretty incredible. We're going to get into that after our question here at the top. Then, in our second half, we're going to look at kind of the Big Ten standings, where we are right now, uh, and a brief look ahead at Purdue's next game, which is Sunday uh, which is the Hammerdown Cancer game against Maryland. So uh, as I tease there, Ryan, I do have a question for you. Are you ready for this? Uh, yes, I am. So I know we've been focusing a lot on movies, uh, Disney movies, mm-hmm. Pixar movies, things like that, uh, but I'm going completely uh, a different direction on this one. Um, Casey uh, was not a big fan of sweets, which really broke my heart every time I asked him a question. So uh, hopefully you'll be better at this one. Uh, what is the best ice cream flavor? Ooh. And I'll, I'll give you a little time to think while I explain. And I'm not talking like I love Ben and Jerry's, so I'm not going to be like you have to say like fish food or tonight dough or something like that. I'm talking like, you know, the big staple flavors like mm-hmm. cookies and cream, cookie dough, uh, chocolate, vanilla, just a swirl, peanut butter ripple, moose tracks, you know, something like that. Those the big ones that everybody would recognize. Well, full disclosure, you answered three of my answers. Okay. That I was gonna have on that. Good. Um, also like Ben and Jerry's, and Tonight Dough is probably my favorite. It's it's a very very solid flavor. Just I can't do peanut butter. Ooh, is the problem. That's a hot take. Peanut. Yeah, can't do peanut butter and ice like, cream. Like in it, oh, so. just is it? So it's just an ice cream. It's not like you're not gonna have like a peanut butter sandwich. I mean. I won't have a peanut butter sandwich. I'll have a peanut butter and jelly Well, that's sandwich. fine. That's fine. Yeah, so. But, yeah, too much peanut butter sometimes I can't do. But, anyway, my personal go-to 
has changed a couple times throughout my life. You know how like that seven year thing. Yeah, your they taste, taste change, change every seven years. They say. Yeah. So mine has switched back and forth between cookies and cream or Oreo and cookie dough. Yeah. Just those two. Those are just excellent top tier choices. Mm. Yep. So I would say right now I'm more on the Oreo kick. Yeah. Um, it's just it's smoother usually. When That's you get true. cookie dough, it's just a little too globby and chunky. And it depends on you know, if you're getting, if you're having chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, it all depends on what kind of chocolate they put in it. If you get those little tiny chocolate chips, like you see in a lot of them, they can sometimes mm-hmm. just like harden and be unappetizing, or they kind of get stuck in your teeth. Uh, at least mm-hmm. for me, so that is usually my biggest problem with cookie dough ice cream. Uh, but right. it is definitely a top tier flavor. Yep. Yeah. So. And I, I think honestly, if if my answer was going to be cookies and cream. Uh, so I mm-hmm. guess we're on the same wavelength there. I mean, it's just, as you said, it's always a very smooth ice cream. Who doesn't love like an Oreo flavor? Um, and usually you get a lot of the topping in a cookies and cream ice cream. Whereas sometimes with other ones, it can be a bit hit or miss. Like if you have a cookie dough ice cream, you might not get a lot of the, the cookie dough. You might get a lot of chocolate chips. Whereas with a cookies and cream, you know you're getting a lot of cookies uh, in that mm-hmm. in that bowl. So. Uh, that's one reason it's, it's just, it's very, uh, dependable. Mm -hmm. Um, I will also say I like, I prefer vanilla to chocolate ice cream. Yeah. Same. Absolute same. It's just, it's a better flavor. Yeah. Um, anytime I go somewhere where I can order a milkshake, um, Mm -hmm. if it's like the first time I've gone to a place, I will always order the vanilla milkshake. Uh, and my wife always makes fun of me. She's like, why don't you get something more exciting? I'm like, because... If they can't make a good vanilla milkshake, the rest of their flavors aren't going to be any good. So I always get a vanilla milkshake. uh, And vanilla is also a delicious flavor. So, uh, you know, both of those are are good arguments against what she says. But she doesn't really eat sugar. So, um, you know, and she thinks milkshakes are just melted ice cream. uh, Her words. So, you know, I can't can't respect her ice cream opinions. (laughs) Fair enough. So... Uh. Do you do you have a favorite uh, a favorite um, milkshake flavor? I'm not really. I I can honestly say I've had maybe like four milkshakes in my life. Oh, that's outrageous. Um, yeah, I'm not really a big milkshake person. You give me ice cream and I'm happy. Yeah, my, well, I I may be an unusual uh, in this scenario. My dad, uh, growing up, we had a we had a milkshake maker. Um, growing mm-hmm. up, just like you know, one of the things you would always see, like a like at a diner or something, the, just a little milkshake mm-hmm. stand mixer kind of thing. Um, and we would always get milkshakes as like treats on random days or whatever. So my dad would always make his milkshakes. So always a big fan of those. It would be like you know, you'd just put like Hershey syrup in the vanilla ice cream and have a chocolate milkshake, or you add Hershey's and like a scoop of Jif peanut butter, or you put like the uh, Nesquik strawberry and you have a strawberry milkshake. So. Uh, always a special place in my heart for milkshakes. So uh, there we go. That is the ice cream talk for this evening. Now let's get to this ball game. Uh, Purdue improves to 18 and one, seven and one in conference play after just an absolutely dominant game um, over Minnesota. As I said, final score 61 to 39, and the first half was just almost as good as you can hope for uh, from a defensive mm-hmm. perspective. Purdue goes into halftime 31 to 12. I mean, what did you see in this 
game, at least in the first half, that showed you how good Purdue was playing? Um, well, I definitely saw the lack of talent on Minnesota. <laughs> that, yes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes they were just missing shots. Yeah, so you saw that, but um, I think it was important to notice Ethan Morton had such a better game than his last time out against Michigan State. He was just on the ball and just seemed to be much uh, he seemed to be a half step quicker on all defense today and it made a big difference so i think you also noticed it in a couple other players just they seem to be a half step quicker and again that comes down to talent sometimes minnesota does not have the world beating athletes where you're not going to be able to catch up to them if you're on defense so it's a little bit of a combination of both and then um, Zach Eady just in the deep post on defense, just don't shoot by him. He's yeah. going to swat it. Yeah, four blocks in this game um, and looks great um, on defense. You know, quick movement, quick feet, stays out of foul trouble. There's always no fouls committed in this game uh, for all of our Michigan State fans who are listening. So, you know, the team all together just looked really, really good. Um, Eady ended up only playing 27 minutes with you know, still a lot of the game, but for what he's been playing, he's been averaging over 31. Um, it was nice to get him a little bit of a breather. He had, you know, it's so it's so strange. He only had 12 and six uh, in this game, but also had two assists, four blocks, uh, no personal fouls. So another great game for him. But Purdue didn't really need him to be the dominant man that he always is. But there was another player on uh, Purdue who really took over on offense. Uh, what did you think of Braden Smith in this game? Braden Smith was just on the attack in this game. I mean, he would drive to the lane and just attack the basket. I mean, I want to say four or five of his um, shot makes were just easy layups at the basket. And then if a Minnesota defender went under a screen on the pick and roll or on under the pick and roll, Braden Smith just shot over top and he made two or three of those. So he looked very comfortable against his team and he was just finding a shot. I know in the post game, Matt Painter was saying, you're a good shooter. Do that more often. And we can see why. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting because you see that in a lot of like the post game, uh, talks with the players is they talk about even if they're having you know a bad couple games shooting here or there they talk about how their teammates and the coaching staff are always telling them you know you're a good player you're a shooter you can make these shots they're not going in right now but we want mm-hmm. you to keep taking them and I think that is just great for these guys confidence because I can't imagine seeing the ball just you know rim out over and over and over again what that does to you mentally um, thinking you're letting yourself down, you're letting your team down, you're letting your coaches down, but having those people behind you to say, no, it's all right, it happens to all of us, You know, go out there, we need you to take these shots, and you're going to make them. That's got to feel great. Absolutely, and you almost saw that with Ethan Morton, too. Ethan Morton made officially made 1-3 in this game. <laughs> he made a second, but they called it off. Yeah. So, like you said, sometimes you just need to see the ball go in the basket, and it's as simple as that, so... Hopefully that can kind of spark Ethan Morton a little bit too on offense just because he's been struggling a bit. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like you said, sometimes guys just need to see the ball go in the basket, which sounds so stupid and sounds so cliche. 
Um, you know, but it is true. I mean, it's it's a cliche because it is true. It's you have to find some success in order to build on it uh, because you need that confidence. And a lot of the guys on Purdue's team are playing really confident right now. Um, you know, Fletcher Lawyer really didn't have a great game offensively, just six points, three of ten from the field, but uh, that ha- hasn't really changed how he plays. You know, he plays confident. He still looks really good out there. Uh, one guy who I thought did a great job uh, in this game was Caleb First. Only had six points, but man, nine rebounds, one assist, a block. Um, he just was all over the place. Two for two from the free throw line, which is always huge. And he's just out there playing with a lot of energy. And it's great whether it's him or Gillis. Purdue is really getting a lot of production out of that four spot. And if you followed Purdue basketball under Matt Painter, you know how important the four is to kind of how he runs his offense. So to see the two of them combine for uh, 16 points and 11 rebounds is is really great. Yeah, and you you almost feel for Mason Gillis because he's just not getting he's not back in that starting role just because he was out and it's he's essentially splitting with Caleb first right now, right? Yeah, so, they, yeah, they both played 19 in this game. Mm-hmm. So I mean. You want to say that you want the player who is, you know, got more seniority and Gillis to kind of go out there and be your starter and your star, but there's just so much talent on this team right now. They're so deep. Like, Trey Kaufman-Wren has just had a rough couple days or games. He's, you know, been put through the blender, but you know it's going to come around because he's just got so much talent. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and it's and yeah. I think we talked about it the last one. It's so hard to go out there and play, you know, five minutes in a game mm-hmm. and then expect to be productive. Maybe you don't play a game or two here and there. Uh, in this one, he played 13 because it really was such a blowout. Um, but he mm-hmm. still looked a bit uncomfortable. Things looked a little fast for him. But, you know, he still had three rebounds, two assists, um, no points. He missed his only two shots he took. But, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's not the shots going in that can give you confidence. It's other things as well. Um, so for a guy like Kaufman Wren, maybe it's the rebounds, maybe it's a defensive effort that's going to uh, push him over the top and make him a little more comfortable. But I'm just glad to see Painter is still throwing him out there and giving him those. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, it's it's difficult when you're not scoring, but something can push you over the edge to get you more minutes. I mean, Matt Painter, of all people, values good basketball, and that does not always mean scoring. Right. I mean, um, Someone put it on Twitter, this was Purdue's least efficient offensive game of the season, and they won by 22, given it was their most uh, efficient game on defense of the season. Right. But, um, so there are so many different ways to win, and scoring does not always mean that you're going to win. And Matt Painter knows how to dish those minutes out and knows how to get value out of his players. Um, Yeah. I mean... Purdue only shot three free throws. In That's what game. I was. That was that was my next point. In fact, Minnesota shot five. So wow, you know I can't remember the last game where an opponent shot more free throws than Purdue, especially uh, this team. You know this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, that's sort of an effect of Zach Eady did not have to get to the foul line. He, you know, he put up nine shots and made six of them. So. It's not one of those days where he's putting up 20, 30 shots and gets fouled on, you know, a third of his shots. Right. So he had one and one, but that was even on a lob. So it's not like he 
was backing down players. Give credit to uh, the Minnesota big guy. Um, I want to say it's Payne. He was yeah. He was taking taking some body blows with as everyone does who guards Zach Eady. Yeah. But I mean, it's what are you gonna do? Yeah, He's I mean, just so you just, big. You do what you can. I mean, you're you're not gonna suddenly mm-hmm. grow. You're not gonna suddenly gain thirty, forty pounds. So you do anything you can, and it's it's. I can't imagine how tough it would be. Um, only one more thing for me on this game. Did you happen to see uh, the video in the first half where uh, it was? I I can't remember the exact context, but it was right after uh, I think an Edie bucket, and you saw him uh, high fiving someone, maybe Braden Smith. And then you see Fletcher Lawyer walking behind him trying to get a high five. No one high fives him. So he high fives himself and then just walks by. <laughs> Gotta make your own high fives. You know, Gotta make your own way if you need to. It was I mean, absolutely great. It's it like when you're great. shooting a free throw and you back up and you high five the air. Oh, in fact, so I'm, I'm watching it again. So Lawyer gets a high five from Edie, then tries to high five someone else, maybe Gillis. And he just – Gillis had already turned around, and so the lawyer just high-fives himself. But, yeah, really – really, Yeah, really good point there about the – if you try to get the high-five at the free-throw line, you'll see guys high-five themselves sometimes. So uh, just, you know, the team is loose. That's uh, what I think that tells me. A lot of good attitudes on this team. I love to Tommy. see it. So is there anything else you have about this Minnesota game? Um, I don't think so. Um, I will say that they, uh, new announcers, I'm not used to having Crispin as the announcer. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, he had some, uh, some interesting takes. I, I completely supported a couple of them. Yeah. Every time ESPN kind of throws in some new folks, you kind of got to get their temperature and, and see if you like them or not, but it might take a little while before we fully get an idea, but, um, That is going to do it for the Minnesota game. We're going to take a break, come back, look ahead to Purdue's game against Maryland, but also take a look around the Big Ten. We'll be right back. And we are back. So we're going to take a look around the Big Ten and then look ahead to Purdue's game against Maryland. So as I said, uh, Purdue, of course, won their game against Minnesota, now sit at 18-1 overall, 7-1 in the conference Still that pesky one-point loss to Rutgers hanging over our heads. Um, mm-hmm. But in addition to Purdue, there were a bunch of Big Ten games that we think went Purdue's way. Um, you know, they, they worked out in Purdue's favor for now, but it's a long Big Ten season. Purdue still has uh, 12 conference games left, as do, you know, most teams, 13 or 14. Uh, or I'm sorry, 12 or 13 games to go, depending on where they are. So... Right now, Purdue is alone atop the conference at 7-1, and one, and they are two full games ahead um, in the loss column of a number of teams here. So Michigan State, 5-3, and three, Rutgers, 5-3, and three, Wisconsin, 4-3, and three, Iowa, and Michigan, both also 4-3. and three. So those five teams are next in line. Um, and then following them, we've got Illinois, Northwestern, IU, Penn State, Maryland, Nebraska, Ohio State, and down there at the bottom, Minnesota, which their one mm-hmm. win over Ohio State because playing us apparently broke Ohio State, and they just have not been the same ever since. No, they have not. Um, so, I mean, things are looking pretty pretty good for Purdue right now. I mean, mm-hmm. two games up, 
eight games in. I know we've got 12 games left, but uh, is there anything about Purdue's schedule or the rest of the Big Ten schedule that gives you hope, gives you pause? Um, what are you looking at with this Big Big Ten race? It gives me hope that Purdue plays 12 more games and seven of them are in Mackey. That's right, yeah. That makes me quite hopeful. And then... Let's see. Who are our road opponents? We have Maryland, Indiana, Northwestern, um, Wisconsin, and I'm missing one. Um, Michigan. We go to Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah. So, outside of whatever voodoo they have in Ann Arbor, um, not too much to worry about on the road. I mean, at IU is always going to be hard. I don't care how good or bad IU is on how many people they've got injured. It's always tough to win at Assembly Hall for Purdue um, just because of the rivalry and, you know, everything else. So I would never write off that game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, None of the other ones are really too intimidating. I mean, now that Northwestern has been knocked down a peg, Wisconsin has shown that they can lose to pretty much anyone. Yeah. We'll see about Maryland. I mean, we'll get the first taste at Mackey here this weekend and then go from there. And then, like yeah, like I said, just whatever cloud is over Ann Arbor just hasn't seemed to work. But who knows? This could change. Yeah. So. I mean, again, we, we've said this for, you know, weeks and weeks. I, I am just so impressed with where this team is versus where I thought they were going to be. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think they had a chance of being atop the Big Ten this year. And here they sit a full two games ahead of anyone else in the conference. And as you pointed out, uh, the majority of their conference games now are still to be played at home. And, you know, Purdue has already played a number of difficult road games. So, you know, we've already gone to Michigan State. Um, At Penn State turned out to be a difficult road game. Um, Mm Mm-hmm and at Ohio State. So those are games that I think a lot of us maybe thought would be difficult going into the season. Purdue was victorious in all of them. And, you know, we don't have to go to Rutgers, which is good, um, which is such a weird thing to say. I don't think I'll ever get over Rutgers being good at basketball. Um, (laughs) It's still so weird. But um, as you said, you know, we'll see about Maryland this weekend as we play them on Sunday. Um, So we know kind of what that return trip is going to look like in February. So it's going to be interesting at Northwestern, as as you said, I think is going to be one that should not be too much of a problem. But then Purdue at home has a lot of teams that they've already beaten. Um, you know, Michigan State comes in, um, Penn State comes in, you know, so it's Ohio State. It, it looks looks like it's a pretty favorable schedule the rest of the way for Purdue. So, it, I mean, it would be great to win that 25th Big Ten Championship, one of your um, – one of your either Christmas wishes or New Year's resolutions, I can't remember which one it was, but was to win that 25th championship. So I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing if we can do it. Yeah, for sure. And you're almost a little nervous because Purdue, obviously they're 7-1 and in conference. Four of those have come against the two bottom teams in the conference, both a home and away of Nebraska and Minnesota. True. So you almost wonder, okay, you know, you beat up on the – lower ranked team or the lower tier teams what are you going to do against top tier teams and to your point from earlier i mean they've beaten some good teams on the road so you just got to keep winning as cliche as that sounds if you keep winning you're going to end up in good places yeah so yeah 
I mean, Purdue controls their own destiny fully at this point for a, a sole Big Ten title, a uh, solo mm-hmm. Big Ten title, so that would be incredible. So uh, next challenge coming up for P- Purdue is this Sunday, a 1 p.m. tip on FS1. Uh, Maryland comes to town. It is the Purdue, um, what is it, Kit? Can't cancer game? What is it? Kickoff cancer? Cancer? What is it? Hammer, Hammer down, down cancer. There we go. Oof. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, we're going to wear those uh, neon yellow uh, colored jerseys, which you can bid on. Um, we'll tweet mm-hmm. out a link, as we have already a couple times. But uh, Maryland comes in. They are three – I'm sorry, two and three in their last five. They lost mm-hmm. at Michigan, lost at Rutgers, beat Ohio State, lost to Iowa, and then just uh, on the 19th, the same day – uh, we defeated Minnesota. They defeated Michigan 64-58. to So they're kind of all over the place. It's kind of hard to get a bead on them. Uh, currently sit at 12-6 and overall and 3-4 and in the conference. Is there anything you can tell me uh, about Maryland? At the- um, Maryland is pretty good at home. They are not good on the road. Okay. I believe every one of their Big Ten losses have come on the road. Um, and... So they've lost at Michigan, Rutgers, Iowa, and Wisconsin. So it's not like you've played easy opponents on the road. But just something changes when they go on the road. They've played a pretty good schedule this year. They've played Tennessee, UCLA, and they beat St. Peter's. So there's Mm, always that. Move on. (laughs) Um, They've also beat Miami, who has come back and is doing stuff. So... They started off the season 8-0. They looked really good. They got ranked, and then just it's they went through a brutal stretch. And they're starting to bounce back. Um, we'll see if they can do what they did against Michigan. They just completely made Michigan feel out of sync on defense. But we'll see if they can do that to a Purdue offense in Mackey. And you don't really have the firepower to go up against Zach Eady when you have a couple players who are 6'7", 6'8", but you're not really having anyone really, like, sniff 7'4". Closest you have is Calum Swanton. Calum Swanton Roger. That's just too similar to Caleb Swanton. That's what I was like. I was like, is that like, that sounds fake. Yeah, he is a um, 6'11", center from... Canada as well. Okay. So Battle of the Maple Leafs. Yeah, couldn't see two big maples in this game. Um to give folks um, an to give folks an idea um of where Purdue and Maryland sit in Ken Palm, Purdue's currently number five with a third ranked adjusted offense and eighteenth rank adjusted defense, whereas Maryland currently forty second overall, their offense is sixty eighth and their defense is thirty seventh. So Pretty good defense, uh, 37th overall, very respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, offense, not quite as good, but still pretty good. I mean, 68th um, in the country, but you compare that to Purdue, which is third um, in <laughs> adjusted offense. So you you really like the numbers there if you are a Purdue fan. Um, mm-hmm. a- as you said, this is a Maryland team who just looks completely different on the road versus at home. So you would hope as they come into Mackey, hammer down cancer game should be a pretty good crowd um, that it should make make the difference and give Purdue the chance uh, to walk away with a victory in this one. Let me ask you this. 
Uh, do mm-hmm. you know the name of Maryland's head coach? Don't look it up. No looking it up. I think so. Okay. Um, I can picture him, but I can't remember if it's their football coach or their basketball coach. Well, that's a big one difference. Is, yeah, one of them is Mike Loxley. Nope. Not basketball, sir. Then, nope, I do not know his name. It is Kevin Willard. Okay. He's in the, He's in his first season because, if you'll recall, Mark Turgeon, yep, Turgeon. Uh, resigned uh, at the end yep. or sometime after last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Just basically him and the fan base were, <laughs> were not happy with each other. He decided to step away, and now we've got Kevin Willard um, as the head coach uh, of the Maryland Terrapins. So... It, uh, it should be a good game. I think, I think this is one Purdue, given that it is at home, is going to have a pretty good chance uh, of walking away with a victory. But it's, it's never easy in the Big Ten, and you hate to kind of brush aside an opponent when you just, you know, you haven't seen them play yet. But, you know, Ken Palm gives us an 83% chance to win. Uh, predicted score, 73-62. to 62. Uh, I think I would take those odds. Um, do you have anything else we need to know on Maryland? Otherwise, we'll get out of here since the game is tomorrow. Wanted to make this a short, or I'm sorry, Sunday, and we wanted to make this a shorter one so you had time to listen before the game on Sunday. Yeah, not too much. I mean, love the name Terrapin. I've always loved it. Yeah. Don't call it a turtle. People in Maryland do not like it when you just call them the turtles. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, but I do like, I do like they have a, a turtle outside their basketball arena, um, the it's like the Xfinity Center, but they have mm-hmm. a turtle, and you know it's like everybody walks in and kind of rubs it as they walk to the gate. So that's always that's interesting. It's a good place. I mean, I know this game's at Mackey. We can touch on this when when we play again here in Maryland in February. But uh, it's a nice place to watch a game. Uh, the student section is usually pretty good. Whether they they say some mean things to our players or not, they're they're a pretty good and rowdy student section. Um, I do love the the flag display they always do. Uh, so so that's a fun one. Um, but you know it's nothing compared to Mackey Arena. So I'm really looking forward to the paint crew uh, getting loud and uh, helping Purdue go and have another victory. To kind of go, man, just an incredible eight and one in conference play. That would be great. Uh, oh, and we failed to mention Purdue eighteen and one best start in school history. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, who would have thunk it? Nah, not not beginning of this year. Yeah, not me. It's like, I feel like the Paul Rudd gift from Hot Ones. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> not me. Uh, so there you go. There you go, folks. For Ryan and myself. Thanks for listening. Boiler up. And we're down.